This is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. We're glad you joined us today for this great sermon on Back to Church Sunday. We hope you enjoy. So, how did we get there? This is a question as I reflected this week in preparing for our message and realizing the date and how everything was going to come together, doing my own reminiscing, I was left with a question. How did we get there? I don't know about you, but for me, uh, my routine 20 years ago, get up early, take a shower, and I'd get ready in my, my bedroom and watch the Today Show. Back then, it was light, it was fun, it was a little bit informational, just just my personal opinion. I don't touch that show anymore, but, um, but uh, it was fun back then. And I, I remember as I was getting ready, all of a sudden the images started to appear. And I don't know, you're probably like me, like you couldn't put two and two together, right? We see so much on TV, you know, what's real, what's fake, what's... But um, yesterday, a lot of people uh, as a country uh, spent reflecting and remembering the horrific events, the loss, the pain, the chaos, the destruction that happened 20 years ago. And again, I asked this question, like, how, how did we get there? May I be as bold enough to say, I actually think I have an answer today. Rob Denton's personal opinion, so you could wrestle, engage with it, but I actually think I have an answer. And it happens to go with exactly where the sermon was planned back in March in a hotel room in Ventura. Again, I don't think we have a God that's a God of just coincidence. He's a God that's in control. Will you go on with this, this journey with me today here in this room? And for those of you online joining us, thank you. And will you go on this journey with us? Before we do it, let's pray. Father, it is truly good to pause in our schedule and to just lift up praise. Thank you for Brandon and his incredible team. Also, as a country, it's been a time to pause and reflect and remember what happened 20 years ago. Some of us were here on this earth, and some of us had not been even born. But God, we do reach out and pray for all of those that lost loved ones, that even this weekend's been bringing up things that were hard. And as a country, Lord, I am grateful that for many, it was reflection yesterday and a moment to, to think back. God, I don't have even an ounce of answers for everything that's going on, but I do know this. You're the one to go to. And so I thank you that all of us are here today listening online or in the middle of the week or right here right now in this room. We pray that you would draw near to us to help us be better because we've been in your presence. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. So what I want to do is approach uh, this in a weird way because I'm a weird pastor. And so uh, what I want to do is write down, if you're taking notes, write down number one, uh, Old Testament. Old Testament, because how I want to answer this question is really go all the way back to the garden. 
Okay, do you, you remember this, that God created everything, and then it says he created man in whose image? In his image, right? Or in our image, in God's image. Look around this room. There's a lot of diversity in this room. There's people in this room that are born in different countries. I think I've said this before. In my life group, about two years ago, I just looked around the room, and we had people that were not just from, but born in eight different countries, just in my life group. Okay, it's diversified. We've got tall people in this room. We've got shorter people in this room. We've got thin people. We've got well-defined. We've got everything in between. We've got people that are athletic. We've got people that are not athletic. We've got people that could cook, and we've got people that can't cook. Can I hear an amen? amen. Don't say amen if you're referring to a spouse. Okay, all right. <laughs> but we, we're different, amen, but we're all made in the image of God. By God's grace, some of us manja means something. My Italian friends. Oh, it's so funny. I'm just, just going to say this. Last week, I said something about Cavaretas. Someone, one of the members, one of the Cavaretas, said there was 12 people from church over there in line. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So uh, I'm thinking Topanga Pizza today. Anyways. <laughs> so... We're different. We're all made in the image. We see in the garden that eh, Adam didn't do so well by himself, so God gave him a helpmate, amen? A partner, and, and her name was Eve. So can you imagine, Adam? Let's just have some fun. We don't know anything about this, but Adam's looking at plants all day. He's like maybe looking at some animals. He's maybe looking at some trees, and then Eve shows up. <gasps> it's okay if the pastor says that. It's okay. It's a good thing. Eve shows up and everything's wonderful. Just like when you first started dating, everything was wonderful. And then reality. <laughs> reality. And then there was conflict and there was blame and there was sin and there was mistakes and there was he did it, she did it. That all goes back to the garden. And relationships and sin and it morphs and it goes forward. And then we know about Cain and Abel right? Soon after Cain and Abel, and they're out there, two brothers just loving up on each other. Well, one defined love a little differently. Cain ended up doing what? Killing his brother. Relationships, hard. God's there. God's not. Then we get a, a fast forward to Moses. Raise your hand if you've ever heard the name Moses. All right, so there's a few of you. All right, put them down. So, so Moses, Moses shows up on the scene and, and, and God, you know, God's chosen people, the Israelites, right? They're going to get to go into the land uh, flowing with what? Milk and honey. Like, I always say that, but this is the first time I've actually thought like, no, no, no. It needs to be Reese's peanut butter cups and Cinnabons. Yes milk and honey anyways but the lamb flowing with milk and honey and everything's gonna be wonderful and then uh, pharaoh and uh, the egyptian rule they 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 oppressed and put the the egyptians under the heavy hand of slavery and it's an awful way to live and yet that's what's happening and then god says to moses moses you're gonna be the one that are gonna take my people out of egypt you're the one that's gonna be them set free and moses is like no as a matter of fact scripturally it would have been no 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 Okay, he, he had issues stuttering, and, and, and that was one of his excuses, one of his excuses, right? Do you know just one of the many why he couldn't do it? God, here's what's cool. God takes the unqualified. I love that. God takes the unqualified and makes them what? 
qualified. All of us, all of us have that moment of insecurity or God can't do it in my life. That's a biblical thing. As long as we release it to God because God takes the unqualified and qualifies them. You want to know a living example of it? Right here. I've said it over and over again. You don't want Rob Dent leading this church. I would not have made it through COVID if it was me. Some of you, I would have really told you what I would have thought of you. And by the way, you would have told me what you thought of me. Because leading as Rob Denton, I don't have the gifts. I don't have the ability. But when God shows up, when I allow him to work in my life, anything that good comes out of my ministry is because of him. He takes the unqualified and qualifies them. He did that with Moses. Moses didn't have the ability to do what he did, but he did it. He sets the Israelites free, right? Can you imagine being enslaved? And most of us can't. But can you imagine being enslaved? And then the key sets you free and you get to go. You get to eat when you want to eat. You get to eat what you want when you want to eat. You, you, you get to wake up when you want. You get to go to the restaurant. You get to do all that stuff that you never got to do on your own. Wouldn't you think that's amazing? <sighs> They're set free. But what happens? We read this book and we see that they start whining and complaining. Israelites have a cyclical behavior. It's like, oh, everything's bad. God saves them. Everything's wonderful. Wonder you're great, God. Oh, look what I did. Oh, wow, I could do this. Oh, this is wonderful. Where's God? I don't care. <laughs> then all of a sudden, zap. Oh, there is a God, and it's not me. And I better start, right? It's very cyclical. We can't relate to that, right? <laughs> Whew. None of us would ever do that said sarcastically. And by the way, let me remind you, if you haven't been in West Valley long enough to hear me say this, sarcasm is a spiritual gift only here at West Valley Christian Church, <laughs> typically between the time of nine and 12 o'clock with the guy up on the stage. But, but uh, here, no, no, don't check me out scripturally on that one. But the, the truth is this. We, we can relate to that, can't we? Obedience, disobedience, I love you, God. Who are you, God? <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. There might lie the answer to how did we get here? Can you see the Israelites are going, everything's wonderful. We're not encamped by slavery and we're, we're, we're set free. Everything's great. All of a sudden there's misery and there's pain. And they too would say, well, how did we get here? Open up your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter six, verses one through nine. Deuteronomy chapter six, one through nine. These are the commands, the decrees and the laws the Lord your God directed me, Moses, to teach you, the Israelites, to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord. Fear who? Fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all of his decrees and commandments that I give you. And let's read this together. So that you may enjoy long life. Let's say that together. And so that you may enjoy long life. Does anyone want to enjoy life? Does anyone want to enjoy life? Does anyone want to enjoy long life? Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord God your ancestors promised you. Here it is. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Wait a second. 
Have you ever heard that before? Does that kind of like ring a bell? Because if you've been attending West Valley long enough, you've heard that said oftentimes, but rarely have you heard it back in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy. And we'll get to where you're probably familiar with it, hint, hint, Matthew chapter 22. But this is way back when, and this is God speaking to Moses to a disobedient people, the Israelites that had forgotten him. And he says, here's what's important. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be where? To be where? To be on your hearts. Now here, look at this image. He doesn't just stop there, but he says, impress them on who? Impress them on who? Your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. Talk about them when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. What an amazing reminder for us. Impress, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, not only on your own heart, but on your children's heart. And there lies our answer to how in the world did we get here for the Israelites? How in the world did we get here? How did we get this destruction and chaos for the Israelites to be going, oh, we're stuck in the desert. We want to go back into slavery. That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. And God is saying, Moses, remind them what is most important. That's to love me with everything they have. And then once it's impressed on their heart, have them impress it on their children's hearts. You know what I think part of the issue is with today? We can go, all oh, the children today, all our teenagers, all our young adults. Yeah, but isn't it our problem as the parents that maybe we didn't impress what is most important on their hearts? Maybe we impress that they get straight A's. Straight A's is good, but that's not what life's about. Going to college is impressed, and maybe that's good, but that's not what life is all about. Getting a good job is impressed by us, but maybe that's not what life is all about. Getting a white house with a picket fence and a dog named Fido might be good, and maybe it'd be an American dream, but not God's dream. Because we could get straight A's, we could go to college, we could have a dog named Fido, a white picket fence, and a beautiful home, and miss the picture. Because what you and I ought to be having impressed on our hearts, and I love that we have all the young ears in here, listen up, the most important thing is that we love God. And instead of putting the blame on everybody else out there, maybe we need to look at our own lives and say, hey, and is that impressed on my heart, first of all? And then is this being talked about in the home? Because I promise you this, if you're going to public schools here, they're not talking about this. I have not, and I ask our kids all the time. And I'm not picking. I'm public school, if you're a teacher and, or administration, praise God you're there. Be light in darkness. But here's the truth. I will say something about what's following Christian school. We teach God's word. We teach math. We teach science. And we teach, you know, English and all those good things. But we teach God's word. And we try and do the best we can as a church and school to teach people the greatest commandment. Starbucks is not going to do that. That's not their job. They need to sell coffee. Target's not going to do that. That's not their job. 
If there was still a Blockbuster video, <laughs> how many of you remember Blockbuster video? Their job was to sell what? Videos, you know, that's not around anymore. But the church's job, our job is to impress God's truth onto the hearts of people. Can I hear an amen to that? And so it's not a shame on us or a bad thing if we're not doing it, but what we need to do is be reminded of what is most important, and that is to love God with everything we have. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to open up your Bibles again to Deuteronomy. And I think Moses shares this over and over and over again. But Deuteronomy chapter 6 says this, Deuteronomy 6.10 When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give you a land of large, flourishing cities. By the way, you did not build. Houses filled with all kinds of good things. You did not provide. Well, you did not, wells you did not dig. And vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, here it is, I underline this, be careful that you do not what? Be careful that you do not what? Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I love the statement over and over again. I'm not, I'm not against it, but so many things had this labeled on it yesterday. I watched the Dodger game and they had the baseball hats and, and it said this, we will not what? We will not forget. Okay? And I'm not anti that. That's great. We will not forget September 11th. But even more important than not forgetting September 11th, that's more important is that we do not forget who's in control, who's in charge, who was in charge, who is in charge, and who will be in charge. And that's God Almighty through his son, Christ Jesus, crucified for you and I. Amen. And Starbucks doesn't need to tell us that. Target doesn't need to tell us that. Uh, Amazon's not going to tell us that. So it's okay. That's not their job. But we got to be reminded to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You go out to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11. It says, be careful that you do not forget the Lord. There it is again. Failing to observe his commandments, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build and find houses and settle down, when you herd and, and flocks that grow large and, and your silver and gold, your bitcoins, oh wait, no, silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt and out of slavery. This is how they got there. They forgot God. They thought they're the ones that, 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 that made the great investment in Bitcoin or the latest thing in stock markets or the latest whatever you know, is going on. They're the ones that thought that they, they, they got the job. They're the ones that thought that, thought that they, they, they built the panel houses. They're the ones that thought they had the, the greatest harvests because of all the hard work they did. And yes, they did the physical stuff, but God blessed it. And because America is so amazing, and I want to tell you, this pastor still thinks America is amazing. North America is is amazing. But there was a day where we learn about our history that everything was founded and reminded of the fact that God is in control. And if we think we want to say, God bless America, God's going, you don't even give a rip about me, America. I'm not saying he's even brought punishment. I think we've just done a good job of making choices that brought natural stuff on its own. But what I do know is this, we need to not forget We need to not forget who's in charge. And young ears, yeah, you're seeing some different things, but I want to tell you, God is amazing. God is good. What paralyzed 
the Israelites. It's the same thing that paralyzed those that were in the New Testament, the same thing that paralyzes us today. This pastor thinks this, and that might not be true, but I think the greatest thing that paralyzes us is fear. I think we are with like, you know, our head between our legs, you know, running, scared, even as Christians, forgetting who's really in charge. Church, let me hear it. Take a deep breath. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. God is still good. He's still on the throne. And Moses was told by God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and tell those guys to impress that same message on the children's hearts. Young ears, that's the most important thing you could hear. Love God. Love God. Parents, maybe some of us aren't impressing that on our children's hearts because it's not impressed on our own. And can I humbly ask that we would even check our own hearts? Deuteronomy 8, 19 says, if you forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you'll be what? You'll be destroyed. I call it spiritual amnesia, and you could call it whatever you want, but I know this, that God's done a lot of, a lot of amazing things in my life. How about you? But what I tend to do as a human being is I, I remember the, the negative or the, the, the hard, or I see that, right? And all of a sudden, there's this battle between faith and fear that's going on in my life. And I think the same thing's going on in each and every one of us. I, I, I know there's marriages that are struggling in here. I know it. It happens. I, I deal with it all week long. I know that there's relationships between bosses and employees that are happening in here. I know. I'll tell you this. I didn't say this first service. We got a lot of people that are struggling right now within our own church. And please hear me. I am not telling you what to do. I believe you have your own choice in this. But we got a lot of people that are um, losing their jobs. They're being told they're going to lose their jobs if they don't get a shot. We've got young couples that are wanting to have babies that are wondering. I mean, I, I give you the list. We've got people facing some crazy addictions. What are you going to give into? Are you going to give into fear or are you going to give into faith? I've been pretty vulnerable, I think, maybe too vulnerable with you. And I don't say this stuff to scare you. Because really what you want is me pressing into God. (laughs) Do you know I have the same struggle? Do you know I have fear and faith all the time? And and you know the saying, which dog is going to win? The one that you feed? Like, I'm going to just shoot straight. I, I wouldn't be up here if I gave into fear. I'm only up here because of my faith and my God. Because I can't. No, I, I can't. I can't. And there are times I don't. And I, I, I won't. There are times where I feel this big. There are times, like I said last week, I just want to walk. I, I signed, poor woods me. I didn't sign up for this. But I want to tell you something. 
My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Remember that hymn? Trust and obey, for there's no other way. So I'm not, I'm not belittling you if, you're, if, if you've got this fear thing going on. I'm just saying that's real. But what's more powerful is the God in whom you serve. Don't give in to fear. And that's what, that's what the message was to Moses, to the people from God. It's like, guys, don't forget. Everything I've given you, I've taken care of you. Don't worry about where you're going to eat, where you're going to sleep, what, what's going to happen. If I've took you, taken you out of slavery, set you free, and walking towards the promised land, I got your back. And the same is true today. You know, I had a major car accident. 18 years of my life, many times to say yes to Jesus, no, sports is more important. Maybe girls. Car accident should have taken my life. Wakes me up, I give my life to Christ. That was a big event in my life. Another big event I haven't talked about much uh, recently, and a lot of our church, if you've been around a long time, walked through this. About 20 years ago, I, I should have been dead again. Normal gallbladder attack, go to Kaiser in the hospital, they identify it after going back and forth three or four times in ambulances. They do emergency surgery. Gallbladder surgery is no big deal. And by the way, if you're going to have one pretty soon, I'm, don't scare it. This, I'm just unique this way. I get the, the crazy stuff. So not a big deal. Get it done. You're out the next day. I was out 14 days later. Many times almost died through that procedure, through everything that happened. They didn't close it. <laughs> So I had bile just poison running all over my body. And when they did a second surgery, I woke up during it and all kinds of, it was just all kinds of craziness. Here's my point. This week, as I'm preparing the sermon, I actually relived that because we had a friend over and we were looking at pictures and my wife goes, oh, and hands a picture to this person and says, that was Rob after 14 days in the hospital. So it was a picture of me in the living room with my shirt off, just standing there looking pathetic, more pathetic than this. Church, I saw that. I hadn't seen that image probably in 20 years. It, it, it got me because I forgot about God's grace on my life. Let faith overtake fear in your life. Amen? Go to number two, New Testament. Remember I said that passage sounds familiar? You got the Pharisees and Sadducees sitting around and they're bickering and they're complaining. They're the, the religious elite. You know, I think they had a lot of good heart in that group. But legalism and power, I think, took over, which we got to be careful because it could take over in our hearts today. You know, one of the things I learned this week, I didn't know this. The Pharisees like to sit around Starbucks. I don't think there was a Starbucks, but maybe sit around drinking whatever they were drinking. And they love to debate the question, what is the greatest commandment? There's 613 commandments. You know that? Go to Leviticus 19, not right now, but have some fun at home, and you're going to see some crazy commandments, like in normal ones, like do not steal, do not lie, do not deceive one another. Here's one. I think it's funny, and I'm not making fun of anything, but I just think it's funny. Do not curse to the deaf person. Or put a stumbling block in front of the blind. Fear your God. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life like fireworks on 4th of July or weed whacking with one of those old ones that shoots string everywhere. Here's another one. Do not wear clothing woven in two kinds of material. Do not cut the hair at the sides of your head or clip the edges of your beard. So then in Matthew chapter 22, the Pharisees and Sadducees, Jesus out of the 613 laws, which is the greatest commandment? I don't think it was cutting your hair. 
But what did he say? The greatest commandment is what, church? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You see, Jesus' audience, when asked what is the greatest commandment, they weren't like, oh my gosh, what is that? Can you tell me a little bit more about what it means to love God with all your heart? They had grown up with this because their parents had impressed it on their hearts, but they might not have been living it. And Jesus said, out of all those 613, the most important one is to love God with all your heart soul and strength. So why do you have all this chaos? Why do you have this leper colony? Why do you have women being belittled? Why do you have children being ignored? Why do you have the sick uh, uh, being pushed aside during the New Testament time? Because I believe the people forgot that they were to love God with everything they had. And then secondly, love people. Does that make sense to you? So may I be as bold as to answer, how did we get here? Whether it's the Old Testament, the New Testament, or 9-11 20 years ago? I think the answer is still the same. We forgot what's most important, and that's loving God. And I get that. There's so many voices out there today. It breaks my heart. Even after 9-11, you just see the, the, the just relativism and tolerance blowing up. You see universalism blowing up, which means all roads lead to the God. And that sounds beautiful, but it's not true. Because in John chapter 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. There's only one way. I didn't make up the rules. Don't get mad at me. And it does sound wonderful. Oh, you believe this, and you believe that, and you believe this, and you believe that. We all hold hands and sing kumbaya, and everything's great. No, it's not great. And it does sound beautiful. And then we get fast forward to 2021, and in the last, I don't know how many years, especially the last five years, this thing called progressive Christianity, church, that's what really scares me. Buddhism doesn't scare me. Mormonism doesn't scare me. Uh, Catholicism doesn't scare me. The Hindu, I mean, the, yeah. Because it's pretty, to me, it's just like clear. We believe this, you believe that. Progressive Christianity is really a slippery slope. And I might need to talk about that a little bit more. But it sounds really sexy. It sounds really good. A lot of it's based on social justice and political stuff that, that sounds so good. But it's so wrong. Because it's watering down truth. Why are you going off on that, Pastor? Well, because here's the reality. We need to love God as God says who he is, not how we've made him to be. Otherwise, we're creating another golden calf. Ooh, I just said that. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And for us today, be careful. Which leads us to my last point today. It's time to stop and be reminded of what's more important, most important. Would you agree with this? Even though we don't have the physical destruction and the chaos of 9-11, don't we have destruction and chaos here in 2021? How did we get here? The answer is the same as the Old Testament, the New Testament, and 9-11. I believe we've turned our backs to God. And it's time to turn to him, to love him with everything we have. And when we love him with everything we have, then we can love others properly. I don't know about you, but I'm really good at loving people. How about you? Oh, wait, I forgot a, a word. I'm really good at loving certain people. 
Stacy, right? Right? Stacy and I can relate to that, right? We can love certain people. Can you relate to that? But God loves all people. And when I love God, I'm better at loving all people. But when I don't love God and I use my filter, you'd have me fired. (laughs) Are you hearing my heart? More importantly, are you hearing his heart? See, I want to press in to love God, but the real truth is I'm starting a brand new series next week. I think it's a four or five week series called Be Still. And it's based off the passage, be still and know I'm God. So we're going to learn more about God because that's how you love God is you get to know him. Just like a normal relationship. If I want to hang out with Dino and get to know him, I have to hang out with Dino and get to know him. I can't go off of what everyone else says. I've got to have a relationship with him and spend time. That's the, that's the cliff note version of how do you love God. So we're going to press into that. And I invite you to come to that series starting next week. So then when we do that, then we're loving people. Have you ever been on the receiving end of love? Raise your hand. Come on. Really? That many people haven't been loved in here? Oh my gosh, I need to do a better job. How many of you have loved people the way Christ? Thank you. The Denton family. You guys know, and I'm not going to beat this, but um, still incredibly grateful. Um, So COVID hit our home. Uh, Lisa, my wife, my son, Easton, I did not leave the house for 19 days. Um, it It got me pretty hard. And praise God, um, we're all doing much better. But um, the truth is, we didn't need to leave our house. As many of you that asked uh, what that you could do for us and you know, being prideful, arrogant people, we say, no, we're good. A lot of you didn't listen to that. There were many times where our little ringer went off to say someone was on our doorstep and they just run off and open up the door and there's bags of groceries. There's a lunch, there's dinner, there's a bag of vitamins, there's boba drink for Easton. That was unconditional love. And the Dentons can't thank you enough for how you loved us. The church is hungering, and the world is hungering for that kind of unconditional love, amen? Deserved or not. And if we loved God, and we loved each other, like that, don't you think this world would look a little different? So I guess my heart is, I'm not even going to close like I was planning, but I, I just want to just shoot straight and just say this. I've been convicted of what's most important and been reminded of what's most important and also comforted that I'm just part of that cyclical stuff, so I'm not different, <laughs> but I just need to be reminded The most important thing for me is to love God, love people. And the most important thing for me to impress on your hearts, love God and love people. So when you leave this place and enter the mission field, you'll make a difference. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving us. Help us to go out there and love you to the best of our ability and to love others. In Jesus' name. Remember, Lord, your tender mercy. Thank you for listening. For more information, 
please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. Forget all my rebellion.